Hey, story seekers, it's Nisha, and you are now listening to Nisha's Open Diary, where the stories are real and the tea is all about me. Welcome to Nisha's Diary. Uh, Today we're going to be talking about domestic violence. So let's get right into it. Now, this is one night. I don't know what happened or what transpired between my parents. I was a kid. I don't know really what was going on in their relationship between them. But what I do know is that my father was very abusive to her. Very much so. And on this one night, he was beating the hell out of her. And all I remember is my mother was screaming for help, just repeatedly screaming for help. And at the time, me and my brothers were, it's four of us. My oldest brother was nine. I was seven. Um, My younger brother that's up under me was five. And the youngest was about three. And we literally hearing her screaming. So we ran to the staircase and we're literally sitting up there and we're just watching like, watching through the bars on the railing, just watching him do this to her. And we're just seeing our father throwing her around like a rag doll. So naturally we're crying and watching and we're literally sitting on the stairs just in shock of what we're seeing and what we're witnessing, afraid to make a sound because we knew that he would turn his attention on us. So he's berating her. He's calling her bitches, kicking her, stomping her, punching her. In the head of all places, throwing her around, choking her to the point to where she's gasping for air and gagging. And at one point, he was kicking her in the stomach so hard, I thought he was going to break her ribs or kill her. Cause some internal bleeding something. And I'm literally covering my mouth because I want to yell out so bad, stop, leave her alone. But then I knew that if I would have did that, her beating would have became my own. So I just covered my mouth and tried to stay quiet and... I'm not sure, but at one point, somehow, he eased up on her. Maybe he was getting tired. I'm really not sure. But she got away from him, and she made it to the front door. And once she got loose, they were right there in the foyer area. They were in the same vicinity still. But she tried to open that door, but he came behind her. He grabbed her from the back with her hair. And as she's trying to get that door handle and get the door open, she never really got it open because he's grabbing her hair. But with the other hand, he's pulled her hand off the door and he slammed the door back. He threw her on the floor in the foyer. And mind you, this foyer area is a nice size, like maybe a small bedroom size, a, a small living room size. It was nice enough to put some furniture pieces in there. Um, And so he threw her on the floor. And this foyer area was pretty much destroyed. All the furniture was, you know, tossed over, knocked over or whatever. And at the time, this was in the late 80s, early 90s, where people actually still had house phones. And I can vividly remember me and my brothers watching this and feeling helpless in the situation as he was punching her and kicking her. But at one point, my mother managed to actually, because the phone was on the floor, because they had knocked the table over tussling and stuff too so the phone was on the floor she actually ended up pulling the phone over there with the cord and she got the receiver and she was trying to hit the little dial on there where you can like press it and hold it down to get a dial tone so that she could dial out and he's just beating her while this is all going on and i guess she called my grandmother because i hear her saying ma help help she's screaming in the phone like ma help but like she's 
also getting choked because he took the phone cord and wrapped it around her, choking her. She's being choked while she's trying to get these words out to tell my grandmother to send somebody to help or whatever. Um, and so I'm like thinking to myself, like, why does she call my grandmother instead of the police? But when she did that, my grandmother did call the police. But then they're asking my grandmother, well, ma'am, you're calling from a number across town. How do you know what's going on at your daughter's house? So basically, like, my grandmother's on the phone with police trying to explain to them, my daughter called me in the middle of her being beaten by her boyfriend, baby father, whatever, because they weren't married. And she's trying to explain to them, that's how I know what's going on. Can y'all send somebody over there? But they're trying to tell her that she, basically, they needed my mother to call her. They needed somebody from that location to call or whatever and um so he takes that receiver and he says bitch give me this fucking phone you want help bitch i got your help right here and he's beating her in the head with the receiver of the phone you know the part you would hold up to your mouth to talk or whatever and to hear out of and he started beating her in the head with it and then wrapped the cord around her neck choking her with it to the point to where i, I just had enough and I told my oldest brother, go, let's go upstairs. Let's figure out something. We kids trying to figure out how we going to help our mother and help ourselves out of the situation. Because there was nobody else there to help us. There, who was we going to, you think we was going to go down there and take that phone from him? I don't think so. So me and my brother go upstairs and we're talking or whatever. And we're like, we got to figure out something. So me and my oldest brother, he was nine, I was seven. And, and we decided that he was going to go out of the window because the only way to get out of that house from the second floor would have been out of a second story window. And so we went into the very back part of the house where there was actually a slope on the roof where we thought he might be able to, you know, slide down and shimmy down by holding the, the, um, the gutter or something. But in all actuality, he would have ended up getting hurt. He probably would have fell off of there, broke his leg, been really hurt up or whatever, because it was it was really high up. Um, and he was scared um, too, so that didn't help matter. So once we seen how difficult it would have been for him to actually get down and actually try to get to the the porch that was up under that overhang and get down to the ground, it would have been really hard without him injuring himself. So eventually, he climbed back in the window. Um, cause me and my other little brothers were basically right there in the window, but I was the one like really trying to help them cause they were only five and three. It wasn't really too much they could do while we thought we were really doing something. We were kids too, but nonetheless, that did not work. So he climbed back in the window. Um, then we returned back to the staircase because we're watching, we're trying to go and see what's going on. Like, is my mother dead? Did he kill her? Like what's going on? Let's go see what's going on now because you know we was back there trying to see if we couldn't get my brother out the window to run down the street go to a payphone run to somebody's house flag a car down get some help from somebody somewhere somehow and so we get back to the staircase and not much had changed because he was still at it he was literally still at it and it seemed like he had been beating her for a long time it, it seemed like this was going on for so long and at one point again he must have started getting tired because he was letting up on her a little bit. And when he started letting up or whatever, because maybe he was getting tired. Like, that's the only thing I can think of because she got a few licks in herself. And then she got loose from him. And once again, her break was she was trying to make it out that door. She ran to the front door again. But apparently he was a little bit more tired than before because she actually made it out the front door. 
ran off the porch and she's running down the block. She's running down the street and I know where she's going. She's trying to make it to that same payphone that my, I was going to try to send, tell my oldest brother to run up to, to call somebody or whatever, or to somebody's house or whatever. Nonetheless, she made it out of the house. And so once we seen that they had left the house, we went down the stairs and we're peeking out the front door. Front door is wide open. Okay. It's a screen door there, but you know them glass, those rock iron glass screen doors. Y'all know that somebody somewhere didn't see them, didn't had them in the house. It's like rock arm, but it'll have glass in it and a screen in it. And you can look out. Yeah, and it got some people, even them kind of handles on it where you can lock that screen door and leave it open in the summertime. One of those. And we're watching, but at the same time, we're so scared of him coming back and getting us that we're like hesitantly like peeking and cowering and looking out there. And so once they had gotten so far down the street, we couldn't really see what was going on because they were getting out of our view so we went back upstairs and we got into the master bedroom window so there was two windows on the front of the house in the master bedroom and we're looking out in the window so that we could actually get like a bird's eye view of what's going on as far down the street as we could and as we're looking we see her running and he's running behind her and eventually he caught up to her and he caught her by the back of her hair again and he drug her back down the street, drug her through the front yard, across the bushes and everything. And no care in the world that nobody might be seeing this. No care in the world that somebody might call the police. Didn't give a, didn't give a rat's ass. Who seen it? Who had something to say about it? Who felt a way about it? And he drug her back up them porch stairs, opened that screen door, and threw her in there on that foyer floor. Closed that door and commenced to beating her all over again. It just continued. And the thing that really gets me, really, really gets me, do you know that not one, not one person, nobody attempted to help her. Not one person called the police. When I know full well these people were aware of, these sorry neighbors, I'm sorry, excuse my French, these sorry ass neighbors, you're not going to tell me you didn't hear her, her screams and her cries for help. You didn't hear no commotion outside. You ain't hear anything. Everybody just turned a blind eye. <laughs> Nobody cared enough to help. And I know that that couldn't have been the only day that they could have heard something over there. You see it. There's four kids in that household. Y'all didn't heard this going on quite, more, quite a few times. There's no way you don't know what's happening in the home. And <laughs> it's just ridiculous because somebody could have did or said something. And so after all of that, and he threw her back in there on the floor. My mother was really beat up and more than likely she probably needed some medical attention. She had bruises, scrapes, cuts. She was bleeding. She had knot on her head from him busting her upside the head with the phone. He had ripped out her hair, gobs of hair he just pulled out of her head. And I mean, at one point, I guess he was done. He, he had his feel of beating her down. And I guess it was our turn. Because then he came for us. He had taken out all the rage on her. He had to take out on her for the moment. And he came for us. He, and he had this thing that he would do. Where he would be super nice and ask you all these questions like, who would you want to go with if we split up? And if you answer him the way he wanted you to, then you got spared getting beat. So he told us before he headed up. He told her before he headed upstairs, bitch, don't you effing move. And do you know she sat there just like he told her to? Because that couldn't have been me. Because the minute he went upstairs and was dealing with us, I would have been out that front door and forget running out the street. I'm running to the next door neighbor. So I'm beating on their door until they open that door. 
But see, them neighbors were so scary and they was actually scared of him that they probably wouldn't even open the door, to be honest, which is crazy. But upon his footsteps coming upstairs, we all ran to our beds and we was acting like we was asleep. We was pretending, but he had to know we wasn't sleep like because after everything you was down there doing, you gonna come up here, dude, and you really think we sleep? Okay, I know he had to know we was awake. So what he did was he lined us all up from oldest to youngest because he used to do that a lot too. And he would ask my oldest brother first who he would want to go with, him or our mother. And my brother had gotten wise over time because he used to always get beat a lot too and he used to get beat just as bad as my mother did he got a lot of beating and so he was smart enough to say i want to go with you daddy when in all actuality none of us wanted to go with him so we could live that kind of life of constantly getting beat no thank you and so to avoid getting beat he he went along with whatever he knew that he would want him to say whatever the answer was he was seeking he was gonna say i want to go with you daddy i want to live with you because Otherwise, you're going to get beat within every inch of your life, but not me. Me, on the other hand, I'm not taking no chances and having to live with him. So I'm going to tell him the truth. And so my brother, when he asked him who you want to live with, who you want to go with, he said, I want to live with you, daddy, because if you want to live with her, you ain't going to never be S-H-I-T. You're going to be the worst thing that ever happened. You ain't going to never amount to anything. You're going to be everything but a child of God. And so when it got around to my turn, I didn't care. I ain't taking no chances to ever have to live with you in no way, shape, or form. And I told him, I want to go with my mother because that was what was the truth. But see, the thing with that is telling the truth got me smacked. And, and he used to smack me so hard, I would have a 3D handprint of his hand on my face for days. My face would be red, swollen, and his handprint would be imprinted there for days on out. No lie. And then after that would happen, I would have to sit there. And you know how hard it is to try to hold your tears in? Because I knew that if one tear dropped, <laughs> it would have just been worse. So after being smacked like that, he smacked me not into the middle of the next week. He smacked me into the middle of the next year. And I had to just fight those tears back. And then when it would get to my brother that's two years younger than me, he see what happened to me. So he was smart enough to say, I want to go with you too, daddy. Because he knew that's what he wanted to hear. And then my little brother, he would always get off scot-free because he would say, oh, I ain't going to ask him nothing because he the baby. He going to go with her anyway. He just a baby. So it was like a hierarchy where the older you were, the more you was going to get beat. And the younger you were, the more, I guess you could say, lenient he was. Your beatings weren't as bad, but you definitely got them. And I just, I just remember all of that. And it was crazy. It was very, very crazy. And he then told us to go to bed. So we sent us all to bed, but you know we didn't go to bed. I mean, we got in the bed, pretended to. Like, if we're shaking and we're, we're basically trembling, afraid for our lives, scared out of our mind, you really think we was able to just go get in the bed and go to sleep? So we went and physically got in bed, but we were cowering under our covers and our blankets like it was a fucking predator, a monster in the house and i can literally remember i literally remember him going downstairs and he went back downstairs and he told my mother to go clean herself up and then he told her to go to bed like she was one of his kids but not technically go to bed because don't let me forget they didn't sleep in the same room either this is just a little backstory to make this story clearer he made her sleep 
in my little brother's room in the bottom bunk so that she could stand guard and watch his car like she was a effing security guard which gets me because technically the car belonged to her she she was the one paying the car note he didn't work he called himself selling weed but he never made no money off of it because he was too busy smoking it and yeah i knew that at seven years old i knew where he hid his weed at in the house and everything in case the police ever came because i'm not talking about no small amounts of weed and he always ended up owing the weed man or his supplier because he was always smoking it up and like i said even though she didn't have a license or she didn't drive she worked because he didn't and she paid the car note and all the bills and we was on section A. We got food stamps. We was poor. And I will never forget that car. Because it was a red Caprice Classic. Which in this day and age would be an old school. But back then, it was a hot car back then. It was candy apple red with a very nice paint job on it. Candy paint, inside, leather, peanut butter, guts as some people call it, peanut butter interior. It was a beautiful car. It was so shiny. It was very nice for that time period. And for him... It was a cheek magnet or an attraction for hoes. He cheated on my mother, had all type of women in and out that car, picking them up, dropping them off. People would come back telling my mother about all this. And you can only imagine what would happen when my mother would open her mouth and confront him. She got her ASSB. If she muttered one word or had anything to say about it, she better say nothing. And it's it's what my mother would say he would go out doing, which my, in my mother's words, he would go out in that car, what you call ho-hopping. Basically picking up bees and cheating and doing all that type of stuff or whatever. And, um, yeah, so if she opened her mouth and said anything, she had to get a beating for that. So that was just a little backstory. So on, you know, things to make things a little bit more clear and on how some things in their relationship was that I personally witnessed. And so back to the night where he was beating her in front of us, um... So she went upstairs like he told her to, to clean herself up. And she began her nightly watch of watching his car, if you can call it that. Because from my perspective, it wasn't his car. It was her car because she was the one paying for it. And this is just one of those many instances that I can recall from my childhood where he beat her in front of us. And I just... I, I could never understand, like, my mother had brothers. Like, I could never understand why she ain't never get her brothers to come over there and beat him up. Why she ain't never come over there and, and, or ask them to come and help her deal with him. She had one, two, three, four, five, five brothers. Six if you count her stepbrother. And none of y'all could come over there and rough him up, teach him a lesson, tell him to keep his hands off of her. Nobody did that. And it was like... Nobody was there with helpers. It was like everybody was just minding their own business. Nobody wanted to get involved. I resent them to this day for that. Like, where was y'all at when I needed y'all? Y'all knew what was going on in that house. Everybody, everybody in our family knew what was going on in that house. He didn't even allow us to see them a lot of the time. If my auntie, if we actually got freedom, because we, uh, yeah, that's a whole nother story. We ain't really get to go out the house like that. I ain't really get to go outside and play like that. I ain't really get to see my family like that. He used to basically have us alienated away from them. And like at the times when he was in a good mood and he would let us drop us off over there because he never went. He would drop us off over there and go hole hopping in that car. And he would drop us off over our grandmother's house to visit and stuff. And my auntie 
would like braid my hair like you know how you do a little girl hair she would braid my hair in little cornrows do a cute little style put some beads on there or some barrettes or whatever and do my hair when he came and picked us up and he seen my hair done a different way than it was when we went over there he would ask me but again i already told you about how he, when he wants to wants to get some information out of you he's talking to you very nice he'll butter you up he's talking so nice to get out of you whatever he wants to know and so that's what he did. He was talking to me. Oh, who did your hair? And this, that, and the third. Oh, he's talking very, very nice. Talking like the nicest person in the world. But then, after I told him my aunt did it, his entire demeanor changed back to the monster. Did he really is? Because after that, his attention turned to my mother. And y'all already know what that meant for her. It was on when we got to that house. It was on when we got to that house. His whole demeanor, you could see how he was looking, everything. His hand was ready to knock her out right then and there. But maybe he paused because we was in the back seat. Because when we got to the house, once again, it was on. And it was on. It was why you having that bee touching my, my daughter's hair. And then, do you know, he sat me down after he dealt with her. And she's probably somewhere nursing her wounds or he didn't hit her or something and she up in the room or the bathroom or whatever trying to deal with after getting her butt beat again he sat me down and he took every last one of them braids out of my head because my aunt had braided my hair and it was just like a lot of crazy times or whatever and it, it was just a crazy childhood it was just crazy so much stuff that i remember that i feel shouldn't have ever even happened and this was just one of those times and I just want to thank y'all for listening to me tell this story time and vent and just thank you for listening to Nisha's diary and I want to welcome any feedback or comments you may have and I hope that if anyone is going through domestic violence that you don't put up with it get out before you're not as lucky as my mother was before you lose your life or he hurts you or one of your kids or whatever the situation may be if it's a bad toxic situation relationship i don't care if it's your boyfriend your baby father whoever it may be get away from that person get as far away from that person as you can and move on with your life and get with somebody that's not going to treat you like that or ain't going to beat you or put their hands on you or berate you or tear you down or any of those type of things but I just want you guys to, anybody that's in that situation, just heed my warning. Because I would never, just based off of seeing the things that my mother went through, I would never wish that on another woman or a man if that's the case. And I would never allow somebody to do something like that to me. I would never allow it. And if in fact it was to happen, because I can never say never, if somebody was to do something like that to me, I would do something about it as soon as I could. I know that's probably easier said than done, but I don't know. I just I just don't feel like that based off of how I grew up and the things that I had to see my mother go through that I would ever allow myself to be in a situation like that. But nonetheless, I appreciate you listening and Tune in to my next episode where I will be continuing a series on domestic violence. And I will be talking about the time where my mother tried to commit suicide when he once again was putting his hands on her. So, all right, story seekers, that does it for this story time. I'm out of here. Until next time, make sure you tap in. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Nisha's Open Diary. And I will meet you where the pen meets the diary.